We are closing out the book of Acts today with the aftermath of a shipwreck and Paul finally, finally making it to Rome. He's been protected by God in so many ways on this trip and today we see the fulfillment of God's promise that he would be his witness in Rome. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are going to dive into episode 130 today, and we're going to pray together through Acts chapter 28. But before we do that, we're going to open with a bit of worship, and today we are using the verse Acts 28, 28 makes it really easy, 2828. And it says, therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. All right, so let's just jump in and go straight to prayer. Father, this morning as we do this, it's been kind of a hectic Monday morning for me. I have a bazillion things that have to get done today, probably like everyone else listening. So I guess for just this few minutes as we gather together and come to you in prayer, I pray that you would help us set that aside. Help me focus. Give me the words that you want me to speak and the thoughts that you want me to have. And let this time be both encouraging to our hearts, but also beautiful for you. And just guide it and direct it. It's yours this morning. This verse talks about the idea that you first went to the Jews, your people, your your message was for your people, but then through Christ, you opened the opportunity for the Gentiles to, to be brought into your family as well. And because I'm a Gentile, I just want to this morning thank you for that and worship you for being in- inclusive. Everyone on earth, you created us all and you have the same desire for all of us to be in relationship with you. And I just praise you and honor you today for the idea, as this verse says, that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles also, and that they will listen. And I thank you for just planting those seeds in the hearts of your people, that we would listen. In Jesus' name, amen. We are reading and praying through Acts chapter 28 today. We're picking up just after the ship that Paul was on is shipwrecked off the shore of an island, and everyone survives just as God had promised. They find themselves when they get to shore on the island of Malta, which was on the route from Myra to Rome. And through the storm, if you remember on Wednesday, last Wednesday, I said that they, from almost the beginning of the trip, had been completely off course. Well, this, through this storm and this shipwreck, God puts them back on course. And they arrive at the island of Malta, where they are safe for the winter. They're there for about three months, probably January, February, March. And sometime in March, they are able to set sail to Rome. And we start this chapter with Paul and all of the other people on the boat on Malta. And Paul's bitten by a poisonous snake and he suffers no harm. Uh, It's kind of an interesting little tidbit story that Luke throws in, but it does kind of set up Paul's time on Malta. And one of the reasons why the Maltese were so quick to assume that it was because Paul was a god that he survived was because there was lore in the Greco-Roman culture about shipwrecked fugitives dying from a snake bite, being um, shipwrecked, thinking they've escaped and actually dying then from a snake bite. So this wasn't only miraculous, but it was really countercultural to a part of their culture. And Luke, who's a doctor, you would think would be 
he, he reports this so matter-of-factly. He tells the story really matter-of-factly, and I kind of wonder if it's because God's miracles had happened so often in the last month of this, or however long they had spent on this voyage already, that it was sort of like a day-in-the-life kind of experience that, as a doctor, he wasn't, he, he didn't report it or describe it with, with like, awe, kind of like that I think he would have felt. So the group's on the island, they leave, they get to Rome or nearby, and they encounter and are encouraged by other Christ followers. Paul was not the first missionary to Rome. His letter had even gone to the Roman church about three years before his arrival. So he had acquaintances there already, and there were um, believers scattered throughout the region. Jews had also recently been allowed back into Rome. They had been expelled for a while under Claudius. They had been allowed back into Rome. So as usual, Paul starts his visit with the Jews. And since he couldn't go to synagogue, he was uh, imprisoned in his own home. They came to him. Now, they may have heard of Paul already, or at least may have wanted to know what the Jerusalem Jews were so upset about. So they come with curiosity. He's there for a couple of years. And the fact that he can have his own house and maintain kind of his Um, independence, (laughs) although under Roman watchful eye, I think that there was a soldier with him there always, but he was able to live in a home that he provided and uh, for a couple of years. So we kind of get through all of this, this lead up, this time on Malta and his experience at the least in the beginning of his experience in Rome. That sets up the chapter. All right, so let's dive in because there's kind of a lot here. It's chapter 28 and it goes like this. Once safely ashore, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The local people showed us extraordinary kindness. They lit a fire and took us all in since it was raining and cold. As Paul gathered a bundle of brushwood and put it on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. When the local people saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to one another, This man no doubt is a murderer. Even though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live." But he shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no harm. They expected that he would begin to swell up or suddenly drop dead. And after they waited a long time and saw that nothing unusual happened to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Let's stop there for just a moment. Father, we have this whole crew of shipwrecked sailors and prisoners arriving on the beach. And the Maltese people bring them in and show them extraordinary hospitality. They light a fire, they take care of their needs, and then they host them for the entire winter. And I guess I just ask that as people are shipwrecked onto the shores of our lives, it happens all the time. We have no idea what people are going through, but as they crash onto the shores of our lives, I pray that we would show them extraordinary hospitality, just like the Maltese did for Paul and his companions, that we would meet their needs, that we would care for them. And that we would host them in a place of safety and comfort for as long as they need it. Pray that you would just build that practice and that outlook into our lives. As, as Paul treated this kind of this snake attaching to his hand, he kind of just shook it into the fire and went on with life. As you protected him in that moment from something extremely physical, this was a, this was a physical miracle that he's bitten by a poisonous snake and doesn't die. Pray that you would also protect us when our sights are set on your promises and fulfilling your mission in our lives. All right, let's keep going. 
We talk about the ministry of Paul in Malta now. He says, Now in the area around that place was an estate belonging to the leading man of the island named Publius, who welcomed us and entertained us hospitably for three days. Publius's father was in bed suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went to him and praying and laying his hands on him, he healed him. After this, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came out and were healed. So they heaped many honors on us. And when we sailed, they gave us what we needed. Father, as Paul was on the island and his companions, Paul and Luke, and I forget the other guy's name, (laughs) as they were on the island for three months waiting, they didn't just sit down and serve themselves. They, They served the people who were serving them. And so there was this reciprocal kindness and servanthood, really, in that exchange. And I ask that when we're in situations where someone is serving us, that we also turn around and serve them in the ways that we can. It's interesting that Paul's actions in this time reflect the story of Jesus when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And so now one healing's done and then all the people come and he spent his time serving those people as well. And then when they left, they were provided for. When we build community and we build relationship, our needs are met in community. And I ask that as we go through our life, we look for those opportunities to build community and serve each other. That is kind of the essence of what the church does. And Paul finds himself shipwrecked on an island in the middle of the Mediterranean, and he's still being the church. And so I pray that as we find our own self shipwrecked in places that we don't anticipate, that we don't expect, that we don't uh, even necessarily want, I pray that we would also continue being the church and serving the people we find ourselves with. All right, so we're going to get to Paul finally in Rome here. After three months, we set sail in an Alexandrian ship that had wintered at the island with the twin gods as its figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed three days. From there, after making a circuit along the coast, we reached Regium. After one day, a south wind sprang up, and the second day we came to Putioli. There we found brothers and sisters, and we were invited to stay a week with them. And so we came to Rome. Now the brothers and sisters from there had heard the news about us and had come to meet us as far as the fountain of Appius and the three taverns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. When we entered Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Let's stop there quickly. Father, there were people who were aware of who Paul was by his reputation. He had relationships. He had written letters to the the Christians in Rome, written a letter at least, to the Christians in Rome, and they already had an understanding of him. And when he came... They came out to meet him, and that was really encouraging for Paul. Paul thanked God and took courage when he saw them. And I think that sometimes we underestimate how easily we can encourage people who are on mission in their lives, whether it's professionally like Paul was or just even living as a parent or as a friend. And I ask you to help us place more importance on that, encouraging people in their walk, in their in their calling from you, because small things from us can mean big things in the people that we plant those seeds in. So as we walk along today and in the week to come, help us see the place that we can choose to be encouragers 
All right, I think, nope, we have two more sections. After three days, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors, I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. After they examined me, they wanted to release me, since there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. Because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no charge to bring against my people. For this reason, I've asked to see you and speak to you. In fact, it is for the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. Then they said to him, We haven't received any letters about you from Judea. None of the brothers has come and reported or spoken anything evil about you. But we want to hear what your views are, since we know that people everywhere are speaking against this sect. After arranging a day with him, many came to him at his lodging. From dawn to dusk, he expounded and testified about the kingdom of God. He tried to persuade them about Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets. Some were persuaded by what he said, but others did not believe. Okay, let's pray. Father, the Jews came to him with curiosity. They approached Paul and said, we haven't heard anything bad about you. We haven't received any letters or visitors or any actual (laughs) information about you, but we're curious because we hear everybody talking about this this sect that you're a part of. And so Paul responds. He testified about the kingdom of God from dawn to dusk, all day long. And as as they came and they listened to him, some believed and some did not. And I want to just kind of present that as a as a pattern. People appear with curiosity. They come to us at times curious. And we can respond and talk about the kingdom of God, or we can choose to ignore their curiosity because it may be uncomfortable for us. And as he did that, some people believed and some didn't. Whether people believe or not is not our responsibility. Our our responsibility is simply to do what Paul did and testify to the kingdom of God. Help us to leave the response in the hands of the Holy Spirit, not to worry about that and not to do anything but respond when the curiosity is expressed. It's okay for us to come to God in curiosity. It's okay for some to believe and others not to believe because that's not our responsibility. We want everyone to believe, but that's just not going to happen. So help us leave that in the right hands, as Paul did. So going on in the text, it says this, we kind of get to the point where the Jews are going to respond here. Disagreeing among themselves, they began to leave after Paul made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah when he said, Go to these people and say, You will always be listening but never understanding. You will always be looking but never perceiving. For the hearts of these people have grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Paul stayed two whole years in his own rented house, and he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Let's pray that final section. And that's the end of Acts, friends. So, Father, this is what you spoke of the Jews, that they would be listening but not understanding, looking but not perceiving, because their hearts had grown callous and they shut their eyes and turned away. 
If they had been willing, if their hearts had not been hard, they would have heard with their ears, seen with their eyes, understood with their hearts, and turned, and you would have healed them. So what I ask today is that we would never be in that position, that our our ears would be listening, but also understanding, that our eyes would be always looking, but also perceiving, that our hearts would not grow callous, that our ears would not be hard of hearing, that our eyes would be open, and we would see and hear your heart, and that then we would turn to you, and you would heal us. Pray that that for ourselves, and I pray that that for those around us, that those that we meet, that their hearts would be softened so that when we tell of our experience with you and our relationship with you, that they would not react the way these Jews were reacting, that their hearts would not be hard, that they would listen and, and hear, see, and perceive, and their heart would turn to you. Paul was able to stay there for two years and preach your word without hindrance, which is kind of remarkable because in every other town, he got opposition right away, within days of his appearing, it seems like. And in this case, he was able to live in his home and receive visitors and speak your word to them without hindrance. And so I'm sure that he felt like he was in a waiting situation. He'd been waiting for two years imprisonment in Caesarea. He goes on this horrendously difficult voyage. He finally reaches Rome. And he has to wait for two years there as well. That's a big chunk of time, like five years of waiting. None of us likes to wait. Luke doesn't even mention the word waiting. He just says that he lived there and he spoke about your kingdom to the people that he came across. And so it's kind of interesting that he didn't necessarily view it as a waiting period. He was waiting for his release or his sentencing or his hearing But the process of life as we wait is the important part. How we use that time, that's real life. I mean, the waiting is kind of the situation that we're in, but how we use that time is what determines whether it's valuable, whether we grow, whether others grow, whether it's healthy, or whether we're just surviving it. So I guess as we wait, for any of us who are in a period of waiting, I pray that you would show us the work that we are supposed to be about. Because waiting doesn't mean that we stop (laughs) our serving. It means that we continue to serve in that time. Help us learn to do that with patience, with intensity, with perseverance, and with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are watching on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page, thank you so much for joining me today. We'll be back on Wednesday. And as we have finished the chapter or all the chapters, we're going to wind up this look at Acts with and pray through some of the major themes that we've seen. We're just going to kind of recap what we've learned and the major themes and pray through those themes with some verses from Acts taken from all different places. So I would love it if you would join me again on Wednesday for that. If you're a podcast listener, thank you for being on that platform. Subscribing to the show and sharing it with a friend helps more people be able to join us in prayer. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my heart is that as we pray together and do this a couple of times a week, that God would use this time to direct your heart as He uses it to direct mine. And I pray that He will answer these prayers in mighty ways. But most of all, I pray that you'll fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.